Happy Easter, my name's Fred. This reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. Jesus is risen. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The gods were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clubbed his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to him, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Well, all I wanted to do this morning is say a few words about the Easter story and about the extraordinary resurrection of Jesus from death back to life. I do all of this this morning, obviously, in the context of the coronavirus that has been very, very challenging. And as I begin, I want to recognise that um, we've all had quite different experiences of the virus over the last few weeks and months. I know some members of the church family are grieving the loss of loved ones. I know other people have been struggling health-wise as they battled the virus. I've spoken to other people in the church family who uh, have actually found the isolation and this time at home with family or uh, friends uh, actually a really positive experience. So as we begin, I wanted to just acknowledge uh, the difference of our experience. And I really, really hope this morning that some of what I say, no matter where you are, whatever your experience have been, will actually uh, bring encouragement and hope this morning. So I have three observations about the Easter story. And the first is simply this. The Easter story and the death of Jesus and his subsequent resurrection actually is a story about anxiety and grief. We've just heard in that reading, haven't we, about the two women, the two Marys who go to the tomb of Jesus to anoint his body with spices. And they actually themselves are in a place of anxiety and grief. If you rewind a few years, they've actually met Jesus. They've been followers of him. They've spent lots of time with him. They've heard him say some extraordinary uh, things about how people can find life and life to the full if they follow him. They've seen him do extraordinary miracles and actually the whole uh, tone or suddenly the events turn in the last few days and they have watched him be betrayed, 
arrested and crucified. And so when we catch up with them this morning, they are in grief, they are uh, anxious, they're in shock, and they're trying to process what has happened. I've been thinking about my own reaction, actually, to the coronavirus. I don't know how you've been feeling, how you've been finding it. But I have noticed, I think I can confess a couple of weeks ago, I've been eating lots of crisps, which is one of my coping mechanisms when under stress. And to be honest, I've been a bit grumpy and I've really struggled to put my finger on what I've been feeling. And then I came across this article in the Harvard Business Review by a guy called David Kessler. And the article is entitled, That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief. That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief. And he's an interesting man. He's a trauma specialist. He's a grief specialist. And he's not just an academic professional specialist. He's also someone who in his own life has had to process and experienced huge grief. And so when he was 13, he witnessed a mass shooting. At that time of his life, his mother died of an illness. And also, fast forward some years, and his own 21-year-old son died. So here is someone who's not just an expert, not just a professional, but also someone who has had to grapple with the effects of grief in his own life. He very helpfully makes some comments on the grief we're all feeling and also the particular uh, features of grief associated with the coronavirus. And he says, grieving the coronavirus is actually quite difficult for a whole number of reasons. For example, he says the virus for a start is invisible, which makes it quite hard to... Um, deal with to, uh, you know, um, process. He also says, unusually, the virus is global. And he said most grief events, if you think about it, they, they might happen within a family or uh, a set of friends or within an area of a country or maybe between a couple of countries. But he said what's very unusual about the uh, virus, this global pandemic, is it's affecting the whole world. And he said the scale of the event actually makes the grief of that event very, very challenging. He also says the effects of the virus are open-ended. I don't know about you, but it's kind of like, where's this going to go? Where's it going to end? What's going to happen? He said, you know, that makes grieving what's going on very difficult because apparently uh, that can lead to, he calls it anticipatory grief which is anticipating the future in uncertain, um, in uncertain circumstances. And he said, we tend to, as humans, go for worst case scenarios, which also can lead us to feel quite anxious about where this is all going to go. And he says, you know, we need to be people in light of all of this who um, actually um, identify our griefs and, and name our griefs and recognise the stresses uh, that we're presently in. And he said, you know, another feature is that the, the virus has spread so rapidly. It's almost like the world has changed very, very quickly in a matter of weeks or months. And he said, again, that's a struggle to process. 
So I want to, as I begin, and I, I hope this isn't too bleak, but I do want to just recognise that the uh, Easter story is about anxiety and grief. And this time we find ourselves in is also anxious and grief-ridden. And I did want to say, if you are struggling, uh, we would love to support you in whatever way we can. We can help practically, uh, we, can, we can pray for you. And so please don't be shy. Um, if you need some support, do please contact us. Secondly, I want to suggest that the Easter story, the resurrection of Jesus from death back to life, is actually a story of confusion and wonder. It's a story, if you think about it, of confusion and wonder. What on earth do I mean by that? Well, if you think about it, the experience of the two women is, is actually really, really weird. Um, imagine they're going to this tomb of Jesus, they want to anoint his body with spices and they get there and on the way they find themselves in the middle of an earthquake. I mean, that is confusing. I've been in a tiny earthquake. It was a horrible sort of weird experience. That, that's one thing. But then they get to the tomb and the stone covering the tomb where Jesus is buried, has been rolled aside I mean, that is rather alarming and confusing and it gets even more confusing because there's an angel sitting on top of the stone uh, who appears to be like lightning and clothes of white. And he tells them actually that Jesus has risen back from the dead to life and they are to go and tell the other disciples and uh, he's gone ahead into Galilee and they are to go and meet him there. Well, it gets even more confusing because they leave and then they actually, believe it or not, encounter, bump into the risen Jesus. And I don't know what that must have liked, but it's really, really weird, surreal, confusing and just very, very strange. It couldn't have felt real, really. Now, I don't know about you. I think with the coronavirus, it almost has this sense of not being real, too. It's been quite confusing uh, over the last weeks and months. I remember seeing the first pictures on the news from Wuhan of of everyone um, being evacuated from buildings and everyone with the um, face masks on and, and just thinking, wow, this... This is so strange. And a number of people have said to me things like, oh, God, it feels like we're in a film. It's so surreal what's happening. And it feels like it's a dream or something like that. And even though it feels unreal, we know, of course, that what's happening with the global pandemic is actually real. And I want to also say that even though the events of the Easter Sunday morning may seem a bit unreal or confusing, uh, I want to just remind us this morning that these accounts are real and true too. I don't know what your story is. I don't know whether you describe yourself as a spiritual person or not, or 
how, how, where, where you're at on your own journey in your life at the moment. I, I haven't always been involved in the church. And I remember I was working as a lawyer in London and I met some uh, Christian lawyers, which seemed like a, a, a contradiction in terms to me. And um, they basically said, Mike, did you know there's historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus from death back to life? And I thought, wow, I, I, I just thought the whole thing was a fairy tale, to be honest. So I actually started to look into the evidence for the resurrection. And I discovered that several lawyers actually uh, have sought to disprove the resurrection claim by examining the evidence. And all of them have actually concluded that there is compelling evidence for this claim. And they've come to faith. One of them, one Lord Justice said, no intelligent jury in the world could fail to bring a verdict that the resurrection is true. And I want to say that if this resurrection claim is true, and of course in the church we believe it's true, then it could not be more relevant for us today um, as we consider what Jesus has done. He, as I've said already, he offers us life and life to the full and also uh, eternal life to those who come into relationship with him. He said this strange thing. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So Jesus um, makes extraordinary claims and having defeated death, those claims suddenly become so much more relevant and real and applicable to us today. I like what Amy or Ewing says. She writes, the heart of the Christian faith is that Jesus is in fact alive. We worship and follow a living Lord who has conquered the grave and who lives. This matters because our relationship with him is real now and will last into eternity. It also means that we should take what he says seriously. So this Easter Sunday, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to explore the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And I know this is a reflective time. I know people are asking all sorts of questions about where we find meaning in life, what happens when we die, what's precious in life. Can I encourage you to actually consider Jesus, to consider about his uh, offer of life and the love, the grace, the kindness he is extending to you uh, at this time. So I want to secondly then suggest that the resurrection is is confusing it's strange it doesn't feel real but actually it is true and because it's true it's utterly wonderful thirdly i want to suggest the easter story is about hope and restoration I think the Easter story is so significant, so relevant as ever it has been today, because it is a source of great hope. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God has acted in Jesus to restore the whole world. 
there's a picture painted of the future restoration of the world uh, at the end of the Bible in Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 21. And I want to read a few verses to you from that book. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. So God has acted in Jesus to make all things new. This is what we celebrate at Easter. And it's quite hard to get your head and heart around. But I like this comment. Uh, Tom Wright, a contemporary theologian, writes. I'll read this to you. He says this. The God in whom we believe is the creator of the world. And one day he will put the world to rights. His healing highway runs from the cross and the empty tomb right through to God's new creation. That solid belief is the bedrock of all Christian faith. The living God has come with healing and hope in Jesus Christ, has picked up the battered and dying world and has bound up its wounds and set it on the road to full health. New creation has begun in Jesus He's going to renew it, to restore it, to fill it with new joy and purpose and delight. And I don't know about you, but as I look around uh, the world today, as I, as I look around uh, what I've been seeing on the news in uh, our town here, I see huge grounds for hope. I see it in the amazing key workers, the doctors, the medics, the police, uh, the people keeping supermarkets open and, and stopped and going. Um, extraordinary, extraordinary source of hope. I, I heard hope in the uh, ladies, this old lady phoned me up last week and her voice was full of hope as she asked me if I knew anyone who could drop a prescription off to someone who's in isolation, who's vulnerable. And I have to say, I uh, have seen huge grounds for hope in all you've been and done as a church, in your local neighbourhoods, helping out those in need and also helping one another. You have been absolutely amazing and extraordinary. You haven't just been people who know the hope of God, but you've been people through whom the hope of God has come. So well done. Thank you. You are a true inspiration. And I want to say as we close that we must remember we're going to get through this. We will get through this. 
humanity has been through many crises in the past. We've actually uh, come through many plagues in the past and wars. Uh, we've cleaned up after floods. We've rebuilt after hurricanes and tornadoes and stock market crashes. And we will rebuild after the coronavirus. Of course, this will take time. Of course, uh, we've been changed by these events and there's much to process emotionally, relationally, um, socially. Uh, there are economic challenges lying ahead. There are going to be changes with biosecurity. There's all sorts of stuff that we're going to have to grapple with. And the first disciples, actually, having met the risen Lord, they weren't insulated against other challenges. They went on to have various trials and tribulations. But what we celebrate at Easter is that Jesus is making all things new and is restoring all things. And I have to say, we need to give God great glory and thanks for all he's done in Christ.